Welcome to the Explosion Network's exploration of Studio Ghibli. Each week we'll be discussing one of the films from within the library of the celebrated animation studio. This is Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. Hello, my name is Dylan Blight and join me to discuss today's animated wonder is Ashley Holbley. Hey Dylan, excited to be here with you and our special guest. That's right, Buddy Watson. Hey Dylan, uh, excited to be here with uh, Ash and uh, you as the normal host. That's great. Yeah, yeah we replaced Kieran. We've decided He's scared to of wolves. The- <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very disappointed that Kieran's not here. I, apparently, uh, the story goes around that he heard I was coming on for this show, and um, yeah, there's, I don't know, there's some kind of feud between us. We'll have to settle it in some video game of some sort. Yeah. Not what, Overwatch. What, no, <laughs> 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 like, what are we doing there? Battleborn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be able well, to finally like, find a game. Yeah, I was about to say you can finally find someone so you can play against. Uh, anyway, t- this uh, this week's episode of Animated Wonders, we are discussing Princess Mononoke, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, written by Hayao Miyazaki. Main cast, strap in, Yoji Matsuda, Yuriko Ishida, Yuke Tanaka, Kario Kababisha, Mashinko Nishimura, Toshinko Kamajiyo. Akihiro Mawa, Mitsuko Mori, Hisaya Morisha. Mishi? It was released in 1997. The synopsis for the film is on a journey to find the cure for Tata... How do you... See, I was even struggling with the main character's name in this. Tata Rigamis? I, it's so weird because you don't hear him say it like... Pro, I don't know. On the cure to find the cure for that character's curse, Ashitka finds himself in the middle of a war between the forest gods of Tatara a mining colony, in his quest, he also meets San, the Mononoke Haim, or spirit. Um, so, overall, I can say safely that none of us have seen this movie before, so let's get straight into it, and I will start with you, Ash. How did you feel about the movie? I really love this. This, is, it, this was a great adventure story um it's a bit heavy on the environmental themes but that's just because that's the story of the film but um it's really interesting watching this probably now in 2020 and you can see its influence on other things obviously i think it mentioned james cameron mentioned it influenced avatar but the one thing i picked out like pretty quickly is it seems to have influenced horizon zero dawn like the video game from a few years back a lot of similar-esque themes and imagery and that kind of thing but yeah amazing film i had a great time uh very enthralling so yeah great buddy pretty much the same yeah it was fantastic this is actually the first uh ghibli movie i've I've actually seen so um (laughs) what a way to start uh the opening scene was fantastic they got kind of straight into it immediately i was drawn in by the soundtrack and for me it was a lot of i know you're saying horizon zero dawn it was a lot of similarities to uh, my favorite game franchise or, or one of my favorite game franchises which is actually the Le- legend of zelda and i think the soundtrack had a kind of big a big kind of uh, influence in that and how it kind of it's orchestral and it kind of starts to swell and specifically in some of the more tense scenes and uh, of course we have the main character who is wearing the blue <laughs> yeah. um yeah the gear or whatever Turn- definitely or looks whatever. like a character out of legend of zelda at times 
Yeah, that's right. Even to the, you know, kind of doing some research post-watch and some of the people that were saying, well, Breath of the Wild was influenced by this and um, some fan art that's kind of popped up about it as well. Uh, I loved the the fact that it was this environmental uh, tale without kind of being so black and white. Um, Mm. Maybe we'll get into later, but I feel really feel that the, yeah, uh, what was her name? Inoshi. The, which one? Which one's that? The the quote unquote villain, or yeah, the lead, leader the of Iron Town. Uh, Town. I still feel that even though she was kind of the driving force between, you know, ripping up and kind of destroying the forest, that she still had some kind of good parts about her. You know, um, getting the people, you know, getting the the women from the town out of the brothels and actually that kind of stuff. So I, I think there's a bit more layered than just these are the bad guys, these are the good guys, and let's kind of hammer that home so yeah Mm. i really liked it It was fantastic yeah i I really thought this was an amazing movie as well and it it i'd like really it's funny because ash is like it's like yeah horizon zero dawn you're like oh zelda i straight away like 15 minutes into movie i was just getting a weird feeling of feeling like i'm watching something that's influenced a lot of stuff but not being aware of it like automatically i'm like this seems like so many things or whatever but you know because of the year it was made that this is before all of that and weirdly the thing i settled on the most having wondering uh started wondering if it was the influence behind it or not was uh star wars rebels which if you know me then you know i'm a huge fan of and that show introduces a bunch of mythical wolf creatures in it at some stage and the way they're like animated and drawn <laughs> and all this other stuff that's what i started thinking of while well, watching this it's funny that all three of us have had like kind of spares of like was this an influence in some way for this or it reminds yeah. me of this or whatever um yeah so that was quite funny and yeah i i thought the f- i i found all the characters are great and to what buddy was saying i f- i found it quite interesting and We've seen this over a few past Ghibli movies at this point as well, where if they are, if they have any sort of tales that could very easily fall into the stigma of being black versus white, you know, good versus evil, typical kind of Hollywood uh, down the line thinking, it's always a lot more nuanced than that. There's not really any Ghibli movie that we've watched so far that is straight up like this person's a villain and they're bad. Um, everyone has like they're a villain, yes, but also there's some good in them or like there's a reason or like there's always so much more to the characters and that's why all of the characters and plots in the in these Ghibli movies have been so so interesting. And even in yep. this, we'll get into it in just a, a second when it comes to environmental stuff. That was also uh, quite interesting, obviously. Um, and the number one thing I do want to point out that I found going into this, cause I'd seen the poster, right? Like I knew like princess Mononoke, I'd seen yeah. it everywhere. I knew, I knew it was like one of the golden eggs of the, the 20, whatever movies, uh, Ghibli that I hadn't seen before. And I'm like, Oh, I always felt bad. I never watched it. Cause everyone talks about it being one of the better ones. And I'd always seen the poster and then the movie starts. I'm like, who's this dude? Like I thought this movie was about a, <laughs> I thought this was about <laughs> it's a princess. Fucking princess. <laughs> hey, listen. Then, yeah. Yeah. Listen, like, what the hell's going on the here? The kid's not called Zelda. It is Zelda. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's very oh, fucking look, true. There's yeah. Zelda. No, that's Link. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's another parallel to, to draw to that. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that shocked me is how violent this oh, is. Especially easily the compared most to every other movie we've watched so far on this podcast. 
has nothing to touch on this. People getting their arms and limbs dis- dismembered. Just and so many things else. coming off bodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a shock because I'm watching it. I'm kind of live tweeting with you before as well, Dylan. I'm like, oh, my God, Zelda. Uh, this is like the Dark World music. This is like a boss, you know, uh, you know, the kind of boar and the tusks bearing resemblance to Ganon cool. and in this Dark World kind of... Yeah, yeah. Thing consuming it, and then I'm like, oh, this is exactly like Zelda. I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's when you get to the violence, and immediately <laughs> when it takes over his arm, and it's she, you know, subconsciously shoots the arms off with the arrow, and then decapitates someone. I'm like, whoa, this just went to yeah. another level. This is wow. <laughs> I thought this was going to be some whimsical fairy tale and this adventure from one point to another to help solve the, uh, you know, his problem with the arm, but uh, it, almost immediately. Uh, it dispelled that, and then uh, obviously later on it got a little bit more complex and, like you said, a bit more nuanced than just uh, plain A-, A to B. Yeah. I And I just found it, it it's also quite shocking because we're, uh, well, me and Ash, you know, we're, we're 10 episodes into this now. And yep. although I wouldn't say that all of the Ghibli movies have been, none of them I would call kids' movies. Uh, they're all, a lot of them have had a lot of like heavy adult themes. Some of them have had that general family audience nature where adults can draw a lot more from it, but obviously they're targeted towards kids being able to just enjoy them for what they are kind of thing. Whereas this one was the first one where I was like, whoa, this is, this is not a kid's movie at all. Like full stop, <laughs> full stop <laughs> no. kind of thing. So that was quite shocking. Um, all right, so let's get into like the thematic breakdown of this one a little bit. So obviously the forefront of the movie is its environmental message which at this stage again <laughs> uh, going into this ne- nearly every ghibli movie i'm coming to discover halfway through this podcast now uh nearly every ghibli movie has some sort of environmental message in it be it small or big however this one's very much in the forefront obviously it's like literally about spirits of the forest trying to fight away man who's trying to take down the forest however the thing that this one reminded me of, which is um, another way they went about telling that same sort of story in Pompoco, which was the the message isn't, oh, fuck the humans. You shouldn't take down any forest or you shouldn't take down anything at all. The message is you got to li- learn to live in harmony and share, um, not just you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't take anything. You shouldn't be able to do this. It's like animals should be able to live there. The humans should be able to live there and only take what you need and then just take that and go build your shit and do whatever else. But don't just burn down the whole fucking forest for yeah. the sake of uh, growing all sorts of stuff, which is more interesting. How did you feel about the environmental messaging in this one compared to especially Pompoco and other things we've talked about so far, Ash? Well, I think this one's obviously a bit fairer because it's you get some side, taken from both sides, whereas Pompoco was all from the, the... One particular side, yeah. Yeah, one side. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it was a... Interesting take, obviously. Um, it, it, I mean, it's not. I guess it's still super kind of relevant because of the industrialization and everything. We've we're trying to progress and take over all these different spaces and build all over the place. It it's still sort of relevant, even though at the time, I guess in the time period, it's like a very new thing that I guess animals and stuff weren't used to. So, mm. buddy, yeah. As as it got further on into the movie, I started to see that similarity to kind of, you know, what it's influenced in 
in Avatar, and for so long I, I hadn't liked Avatar, and I still don't like it. Um, but there's always been that joke that it was just Fern Gully um, yeah. in CGI and 3D, <laughs> and I felt myself like, oh, this, you know, this has got that kind of vibe right now. But um, there was that resistance to kind of compare it to that because there was that, like you were saying, both of you, that there was that other side, and you were getting it both. It wasn't just your, your clean bad versus good, and um, that's kind of summed up. Really, in the kind of the main character, what's his Ash Ashitaka? Is it? Yeah, something yep. along those. As yep. the lead, and he, even though he's kind of like the protagonist, he really feels like he's this neutral party that's that's kind of um, yeah. trying to bring it all together and make each each kind of side see what's going on. So, yeah, um, even though there are that kind of comparisons, yeah, it's it's a whole, on a whole other level, and um, I, I love that. You know what you were saying with the, the other kind of movies in in this kind of um, studio I've done before that there is these messages and when we see later on I guess in Spirited Away and the kind of subtext that that kind of has as well um, yeah I dig that it's like, once again back to that more nuanced type of stuff instead of kind of good bad and, and separating it from you know being for a, maybe a child or a more adult audience that might be able to get you know, kind of more out of it than you, some of some of you maybe Disney movies, and that's not to discredit Disney movies. They have a lot of kind of meaning in, in some of them as well, but um, I guess they're a bit more straightforward than what we get, we get here. So yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. Again, yeah. One of the things on like the whole Disney front, one of the things I think I'm discovering the further we get into doing this show is that a lot of the themes in Studio Ghibli's movies have been um, environment, history, culture. Uh, religion, spirituality, uh, feminism, all yep. like all these sorts of things are the ones that are actually coming up. And Disney movies are usually just like more, I guess, simple stuff in like just one growing thing. up, yeah. learning to be an adult. You know, there you not to say that they're not good, but then you just look at something like um, the fuck is the one where they literally just have all the emotions like that. They're, it's literally inside just out. in front of your inside face, out. inside out. Yeah, it's just like, and then ups like. Oh, let's uh, growing up and learning well, how to accept that's death. Pixar. And that's different. It's, I suppose, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 quite different to watch the the way they tackle themes and all this uh, in here. Um, and then also, I found I would say in my I I I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a direct like feminist, um, like a full feminist sort of. Uh, theme in this however i did feel like all of the female characters were written to be strong purposely in their own sort of regards like be that um princess has set the princess mononoke titular character herself is obviously a super strong um character leading her way um and they make her do lots of things that's like they never sexualize her at all like the first time you see her she's like (laughs) drawing blood out and like (laughs) just like covering his face and then you also have the the villain of course who is this super strong uh female character who can fight and she's like started her uh, her own business basically and it's like taking over this whole place which is bad and all that but then she's also they explain how she's buying the girls from the brothel to keep them out of that work to give them a job inside her own place working for her and that's why and that's how she's looking after them all so i wouldn't say it's, it's as this movie doesn't have as high feminism uh, as other ones we've talked about so far, but it's definitely there once again. And I always find that super interesting when we're watching these movies because I'm like, wow, these movies are coming out 
80s, 90s, and yet they're thematically they're, they're having really super strong female characters that uh, American movies don't get to for it seems quite some time. You know, yeah. like way ahead of the the game in a lot of a lot of the ways, and all of the super strong, most interesting characters are the females in this movie, and in a lot of ways. Um, Ashitaka, or however you say his name, the main character, does feel a lot like that Link role, if we're going to compare it to Zelda, in that, like, he's an interesting character, but he he, he's, he does kind of just seem like if it was a video game, you're in that position to watch the other cooler people around you who are more interesting sort mm. of thing. You know, like, especially since you get, like, halfway from the movie and he spends the next 40 minutes basically on his ass resting while you're watching all these other characters do stuff in a lot of ways, you know? It's like literally getting his wounds tended. Um, and yeah. then I also found. Uh, anyone have any comments on that sort of stuff? The female characters in this. No, I yeah, think it's hundreds. You go, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Yeah, I agree with you. Um. I love that scene that they deliberately kind of. Uh, that's probably the reason why they put that scene in when he is in the t- the kind of uh, Iron Town and he kind of goes in after seeing having the meeting with um, Lady Aboshi and he takes over from one of the girls' jobs and it's he's like, this is quite demanding. How long can you do this for? This is crazy. Kind of implying that, you know, maybe they're a bit of slaves and they kind of rebut that it's so much more easier than what they were doing with the brothel and um, it kind of gives you that that context that, you know, there is a more human element to how they are being treated and how they have been protected from what, you know, kind of life that they had before and that they're kind of grateful for that and this is kind of a much better role for them, so. I mean, it's yeah. even with the animals, it's the the female characters who kind of are smarter and better. <laughs> I mean, the wolf is a woman, wolf. a female. So, and then the two uh, boars that get taken over by demons are both males. So, I guess that yeah. that's a distinct <laughs> difference. <laughs> um, I just remembered also definitely worth. Uh, I was nearly nearly forgot to mention it, but the fact that uh, Lady Eboshi also they have this little plot point about her actually looking after and mending all these people with um leprosy, lupins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, leprosy yep. sorry. Lepers. Yeah. Um which was an interesting bit because they basically imply that or she pretty much says like she wants to she wants to like kill the the thing and hopefully be able to heal all these people. Like she she's out to try and restore these people because um it, it, it it's a disease of they didn't have a no one knows how to to, yeah. to help them you know and she's, she's got she's trying, good motivations she's trying to help them. so yeah she's got good motivations and that's the the thing that makes her such an interesting villain you never fully hate her you know you're like she's she's the bad guy but also like she's doing the nice things she's helping out these 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 women here she's trying to help these these sick people you know all these other sorts of things but i i, I did super find that interesting because that was quite odd to see in this sort of movie i guess like oh i'm taking up all these these people trying, uh, these people trying to save me. I was like, well, that's a bit out of left field for this. I wasn't expecting that, but interesting nonetheless, especially for the time period. I guess I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it touched upon. Yeah. Um, is there any other Ash? Do you have any other things randomly come to your head? See, uh, not obviously your favorite part yet, but anything else that you want to mention or bring my up? Own, discussion point. My only critique is it kind of ended quickly. I think it kind of everybody's safe. Bam! Title cards. I would say that's all Ghibli movie. <laughs> That it is true, but yeah. I know it just felt. I would have liked a couple extra bits and pieces. I think just to yeah, 
that Lord of the Rings did not watch this movie because they yeah. did six endings. So maybe if they maybe if they watched this return, return of the King would have been like, and the ring goes in and credits, you know, like yeah. <laughs> that's Ghibli's version of Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Uh buddy, do you have any uh, any other random things you want to bring up? Say save your favorite favorite thing if you've got a favorite thing we'll go over that in a sec um my favorite thing and i'm probably in line was early on in the movie when he escapes the village with the monk and they're kind of at night time and sitting down by the campfire the monk says this awesome line and it and it's kind of poignant for today as well he goes so you say you're under a curse so what so is the whole damn world which i thought was funny in today's context with what's happening around us now but just in general and once again um it's giving more context and and i guess having a more gray sense of thing it's not just you this is not just about you and your own kind of thing that's happening now look at look around you there are bigger problems and and bigger perspectives which i i think he might take on later on when he kind of understands what's happening with kind of the deforestation and and everything else that's going on with the uh the, the battle between the forest and and Iron Town and everything like that. So that was probably my favorite. It's kind of a bit more understated with the line, but I just the line just stuck with me as soon as you said it. My, like, well, I got to rewind that. Yep, that was cool. That was uh, that was quite good. He was an interesting character too. Yeah, and the just he's he, so who was he working ways, for at the end? It seems like it was yeah, double crossing everybody. <laughs> in a lot of ways, he's the just proper straight up bad guy because he's the one who's just he's like, I want to get paid. You know, emperors give me a pardon to do this. I want to get paid, son. He doesn't have any big thing going on, no. you know. I, even though he literally sends uh, Ashokataka there, knowing he could possibly be a problem, but he's still just like, no. "Go, go, dude." I guess. Um, Maybe he thought I, he would. He was going to kill the spirit, spirit garden. Yeah, fucking. You know, I don't think he's that dumb. Also, I, I, I keep meaning to Google, but I haven't Googled since then. I really want to look up why people in that time period would wear those. Shoes? Stool, shoe things. How the hell was he f- jumping around yeah. all over those stones without breaking an ankle or his yeah, face? I want to know the history behind those. Because the, the, he doesn't take them off. Like, he's sitting there eating dinner. He's just wearing them. You see him later sitting next to uh, Lady Oboshi. He's still got those. That's, like, just his general footwear. I, I really yeah. need to look up what the history is with that <laughs> and why people chose to wear those. Because <laughs> it seems horrible, if you ask <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm sure there's a massive utility purpose for uh, that for that kind of time period and the amount of work that they were doing. I'm sure there was no really kind of fashion sense. I'm pretty sure everyone was wearing the yeah. red. They or hadn't involved well, like soles <laughs> for shoes yet, and got any the, the padding or the, the. You say there's no fashion no fashion sense, but they do in this movie make a make sure to point out that everyone carried around their own bowls at the time, and when uh, he hands over his uh, bowl, uh, Takahashi Takahashi. What Ashitaka, Jesus Christ, passes over his bowl. He does that dude is like, Oh, nice bowl. Yeah, <laughs> five out of five stars for your bowl here. It was a nice bowl. <laughs> He's like, It's Very a fancy. five, five star stamp bowl. Uh, Ash, what is what's your favorite scene moment character thing? Uh, I guess like the when San is breaking into the Iron Town. I think that that whole sequence is really cool. Just her, her fighting style is like really interesting to watch. I think she's. She's uh, really interesting. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, I don't know if she would have come first or not because Naruto's been around for it seems like forever. But yeah, and, and then I, I think that shot of her getting like shot, like and her mask exploding—that's really cool mm. animation. Like, there's a like, great animation across this across the board. So, um, the only other, the other thing I want to mention is the 
the animation for them using the boar skins at the end. That was like yeah. mm, fucked up looking. <laughs> like <laughs> if you saw that coming at you, you wouldn't think. <laughs> you definitely wouldn't well, think they're your buddies. So no, well they they perfectly made uh, they purposely animated them. I guess they were more like ghosts, like muddy. They look zombie Yeah, they didn't have they didn't have like a skeleton sort of design to them. They just seemed to like float through the air kind of thing, which has made them like a bit squeamish, squeamish to, yeah. to watch what was going down, I guess. Um, I would say my favorite scene is just like the last 10 minutes, as much as that may be a cop out from pretty <laughs> much from the moment that the tree God spirit God thing gets its head cut off. All of that through to the end, I thought was just this fantastic mix of the climactic emotional scene, uh, bringing together all the elements of the movie finally, seeing these characters get their comeuppance or learning their lessons in a lot of ways. And then it was very beautiful to, of course, you get that final shot at the end where they show you the green coming back into the land and all this sort of stuff. And they, these are some just stunning, wide, hand-drawn, beautiful pieces of art alone that you could just freeze frame and kind of hang on your wall several of those you're like i could just hang that now that's that looks stunning you know so mm. i i think that was just my my favorite part and as much as you say the ending is sort of it just credits i i didn't dislike it because i kind of it, it gave me all i needed to know which is that they have that short conversation where what well, you find out firstly you find out later about she's like i'm gonna turn over a new leaf and she's learned her lesson and she's actually gonna try and do good but I mean, in a lot of ways, she was always, always trying to do good, but she finally realizes that what the way she was going about trying to do good wasn't the way to be doing it. So now she's just going to try and continue to do the same sort of stuff that she was already doing, which is look after her girls and possibly find a cure for uh, these sick people that she's looking after. But now she's going to try and do it in a way that's not destroying the, um, the, the planet or at least the countryside they're in at the, at the same time. And then you have the part where um, Ashitaka... Um, talks to Mononoke and he says, hey, I'm going to go help them try and work out the Iron Town. Is that what they call it? Right? Yeah, Iron Town. Yeah, Iron Town is the name of it. Um, she's like, he's like, I'm going to go help them try and get Iron Town rebuilt, put that shit back on track. So it's also interesting from that character standpoint because he's not like, oh, I'm cured. I better go back to my village and go back to being a prince because he was a prince like in his town. I think, well, I but think they he never was forbidden from ever going back, so. But I suppose he could still return and never be a prince, right? Or no? Is it just? No, I think he was gone? like banished. I think. <laughs> oh like shit! He probably yeah. banished. I missed. I missed the full thing on that. Then I guess. But well, yeah, the so way he like, was kicked out of his village, no one could talk to him or look at him. So, yeah, can't like, imagine they just welcome him back with open arms. Well, maybe. Yeah, who wants know. to go back? <laughs> yeah. It's honor. I'm living in the forest. Uh, Fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Mononoke, uh, they they agree they're just going to kind of go their separate ways and try and meet up uh, whenever they can possible. But her world is over here and his world's over there. So as much as they kind of tease the movie with them living happily ever after and becoming like a couple at the end, which if this was made by fucking Pixar or Disney is probably the way the movie would have ended with the them getting together. However, this movie is a lot more realistic about the uh, sticking to the world it sets up and the characters it sets up and they're like, no, well, that's not the way it would go. She's going to go off here and do this and he's going to go back to the human world and do that because she is, as much as she is a human, she is not a human. She is wolf. Which, yeah. it, it sounds like a corny line if you take it out of context. However, that part where she says, like, I am a wolf, you're like, yeah, you are. 
yeah, you are. Like, <laughs> you are a wolf. <laughs> Stand up for yourself. So, yeah, that's my favorite part. Yeah. Um, cool. Any other random things that's come up before we wrap up show? The final moments to mention anything? No. I was initially put off by the design of the, the forest spirit. Like the weird face and everything. But the weird face? Yeah. the we- Like, because it's so different to the rest of the body. But yeah. Other than that. The, that that was again where I'm watching it and I can't help but wonder if the face design could possibly be d- based off some sort of spirit design or something that they have in Japan. Yep. And I simply don't have the connection to gather the sort of recognition for that because it does seem like a sort of mask type design yep. or something like that so i like to think they went hey we need the spirit to look surprised when it gets its head blown off so we're gonna have this design. Just to look surprised. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were they did that and then they worked back from there i mean possibly it's also kind of weird in that last scene it's it's like it that thing is surely aware it's about to get its head shot off and it's just like accepting its fate i, I mean it already took one so yeah i it just went straight. How many through. lives? It's not a cat. It's only got two lives, and then it's, it's down and dusted, <laughs> gone forever. Uh, all right, so that'll do it for this week's episode of Studio Ghibli's Animated Wonders. That is animated number number ten, animated wonder number ten, Princess Mononoke. You can let us know what you thought of the film on Twitter. You can find me and Ash's Twitters by heading to explosionnetwork.com/slash twitters. You can find Buddy over on Twitter at buddywatson12, and also at dashgamer.com of course and next week's film is My Neighbours The Yamadas so make sure to watch that movie before coming around to listen to next week's episode and we'll see you then bye see ya Avatar sucks. <laughs> <laughs>